You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Welcome into the Chris and Joe Show, brought to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. Today we are coming to you immediately after the New York Giants loss to the Baltimore Ravens, a 27-13 loss, one that could effectively put the Giants out of playoff contention. Now we are recording this in the middle of the Washington football team, Carolina Panthers game, so the current playoff situation could be fluid. But as simply as it is, this loss for Washington as they're playing Carolina, they're in a strong position to now clinch their spot of making it to the playoffs. That being said, though, I think this this is a really good time to just bring up the discussion on how this game, I think, Chris, brought us back to reality. And if, if anybody appreciates the show and is a consistent listener, the one thing that we've always tried to be is extremely honest with evaluating the Giants and reacting as honestly as possible. We try not to get too high. We try not to get too low. Even though we do at some points, trying to stay as middle as possible is where we try to sway. And I think it's it's tough to, to do that consistently. I know there's a lot of other sh- shows that are like a lot of Giants fans are that tend to be very optimistic when things are going well. And as we try to be realistic, I think going into this game, we understood this was going to be a very tough matchup and we fully saw... I think the worst that it could possibly be, even though the score wasn't a complete blowout, but they were dominated in a number of spots in this game. And when we're talking about how this brings us back to reality, there's a lot of positives that can come away from this season. And the four-game stretch that they put together of wins, beating the Seahawks, a lot of other good things, those positives are a clear indication that you have the right coach and you can build on the success from this year and turn it into success next year. The Miami Dolphins did exactly that last season, and I think the Giants could very well be like the Dolphins in terms of transitioning from decent, okay play and and good spurts of, of success and turning that into being a playoff team. And that being said, at the same time, when you play a, a playoff team, a clear playoff team, even though they're on the fringe of making the playoffs and currently on the outside looking in, The Ravens are a dominant team, and the Giants just right now don't have talent at certain positions to compete with a team like the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, this was another game where the Giants were just, they played hard, but they were just outmanned. They don't have the personnel to really match up with these true Super Bowl playoff caliber teams. And like you said, the Ravens are, now that they are health, healthy, they are absolutely a Super Bowl team. They are one of the 
best teams in the NFL, even if they don't make the playoffs, they have talent and players at just about every single position. And the Giants right now don't. They are lacking players at receiver. That's something we've brought up all season. They're lacking guys who can play off the edge, who can threaten offenses off the edge. They need help at the secondary. We saw Isaac Yadam kind of exposed by this Ravens offense. And, you know, we saw some some promising things. The Giants do have a core put together, a foundation they can build on, but they are not there yet. Right. And I don't think there's anything wrong with not being there yet. And I I think that there's definitely going to be a lot of Giants fans that are frustrated by talking in that light. And, you know, you can be frustrated if you want, but not being there yet is the expectation that we had at the beginning of the year that we knew coming into the season, and especially when they were on a long losing streak, that they weren't going to come out and win the NFC East outright and go uh, 11 and 11 and 5 or 10 and 6. And again, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The fact that they've played a little bit higher over the expectations that we expected, especially midway through the season, I don't think there's anything wrong to be realistic and understand, all right, this wasn't the year that they were going to take that next step. It's a new head coach. Next year, I think, is a really prime position for them to build off of the success that they have going for them right now. And and one of the things that sticks out to me in this game that I think is indicative of, again, bringing us back to reality, is how they started really slow. And they were allowing Baltimore to do what they do best. They weren't killing them with big plays, but they were just chipping away, chipping away, chipping away with seven-yard pickups, eight-yard pickups, and picking up first downs every other play. Because they were so slow to then counter that and they played a little they played better in the second half, like we've seen them do a lot this year, because they were so slow, they put themselves out of the game. They don't have the type of a roster to make a 17-point comeback and win the football game against a Ravens team. Maybe against a, a sloppy low-end roster, but against a Ravens team like this, they're just not built to make a crazy comeback. No, and you know the because the Ravens were able to jump out to that lead. And I understand what Patrick Graham was doing. Zone defense has worked for them. Maybe not great, but it it has worked for them, particularly over the last eight weeks or so when they've been winning, playing teams hard and close. This Ravens team has too many ways to beat you, to just be able to sit in zone. And okay, even if that is a good way to combat their... uh, read option looks they don't have to run the ball that way they can run a more traditional offense and they can include the zone beaters the things like that and so the giants just didn't have the personnel to match up on offense or match up with the ravens offense they don't have you know as we said they don't have those big play threats the guys who can flip field position on any given play who can force the defense's hand, you know, force the Ravens to not sit in cover zero and match up man across the board. And the Giants just cannot make them pay for doing that. And when defenses do that, they it's just too easy for the other team and the Giants don't have the guys to win that kind of a shootout. And heck, we also saw not a, a ton of plays, but there were a couple plays where I was watching and it was what we've seen previously be successful for, for Patrick Graham forcing a quarterback to sit and watch and try and figure out 
all right, all right, what am I going to do because nobody's open? Lamar Jackson did that a little bit early on, but the big difference between Lamar Jackson and somebody who the Giants were successful at slowing down Tom Brady is that Lamar Jackson's a phenomenal athlete. So he immediately realized after like four seconds hanging in the pocket, all right, you know what, I'm just going to roll out and I'm going to go pick up this first down because everybody vacated, they didn't spy me, and the defensive line is too slow to get to me. So they were not really, again, built to try and make a crazy comeback. We're going to hit on some of the offensive line issues and also um, seeing Daniel Jones stick it out through an injury. We're going to talk about that coming up very soon. As you can expect, folks, uh, hitting on the the blatant issue in this game, more so in the second half, offensive line looked very overwhelmed. Six sacks, 11 quarterback hits. Those are horrendous statistics. And again, a lot of those numbers were racked up in the uh, in the second game uh, in the second half. Rather, they were relentless in trying to pursue Daniel Jones. And I think Daniel Jones maybe was not banged up entirely and maybe it was fine coming into the start of this game, but you really started to see him having some problems moving and even just stepping up in the pocket. It looked exactly like we saw when they played the Arizona Cardinals. And what the Cardinals did in that game is they realized, all right, DJ can't move. We are going to send seven guys as often as possible. And because the Ravens have such good outside corners, like we talked about in the preview show, they can run cover zero or cover one and send seven or eight guys if they if they want to. And that was what they did, and that was how they were able to create their pressure. Daniel couldn't move. He couldn't step away from the pressure. It was, it was just an overall bad matchup for them to handle, and I think a number of factors played into why the offensive line struggled. Yeah, we, we saw the Giants' offensive line be just straight up confused early in the game. Uh, the Ravens showed a whole bunch of looks, particularly in that in the first half where they lined everybody up on the line of scrimmage. Maybe you had one guy back deep and the Giants had no idea what was coming. They backed themselves up with penalties. And I think that told Wink Martindale, the Ravens defensive coordinator, a lot that if they ran pressure, if they ran games up front, stunts, twists, they would be able to create confusion, create chaos on the Giants' offensive line. And they used that, particularly later in the game, when the Giants were starting to get a little bit of traction. They were picking up a lot they were picking up yards basically on a lot of check down throws, but they were still moving the ball. And at that point they, the Ravens just put a stop to it. They said, okay, our corners are better than your receivers. Beat us if you can. And the Giants just couldn't. Right. And heck, you maybe could have altered your approach when trying to handle that pressure. But I, I, I don't know how much would have worked in those situations when you are capable of pressing the opposing team's corners or sorry, receivers at the line of scrimmage and slowing them down. They weren't going to get off of those releases. So it was Wink Martindale realizing, hey, we can take advantage of Daniel Jones the same way the Cardinals did and just send out relentless pressure, and they're not really going to be able to do much to counter it. They were able to pick up some big plays to make up for some of that yardage, but you're just not going to be successful giving up six sacks and also 11 quarterback hits. It's it's a recipe for disaster. There's not Honestly, it, it, it sounds, again, I say this a lot, it sounds a little bit defeatist, but there was not much you could do in any of those situations. They were just outmanned, and they had a disadvantage in clear spots where the Ravens are extremely strong at. Yeah, the, the the kinds of pressures 
Baltimore ran are extremely risky. You know, if you have a receiver able to get a good release, get a step on the corner, you can win quickly. And then there's nothing but open field in front of you. You know, if you manage to break one of those pressures, that is all but a touchdown. Unfortunately, the Giants just did not have the players to match up to beat those press man corners. And then they just did not have enough blockers to deal with all of the pressure coming at them. You know, they, the Giants are in a position where they have to scheme their receivers open. And that means running multiple player passing concepts. And so if you're doing that, you just cannot leave multiple tight ends, multiple running backs, you know, whatever you have to, to block eight man pressures or nine man pressures or what, you know, everything the, the Ravens were sending at the giants. So it, like you said, this isn't to sound defeatist, but there just really wasn't anything the giants could do at that point. Right. And and again, this is something that we mentioned on the pregame show, the preview show that we did was you, you need to be clean in all aspects of your, your offensive game plan. If you want to outplay what their strengths were good, a good defensive line, and really good press corners on the outside that allows them to do that cover one stuff. The last thing I want to hit on here is I, I think this is a positive takeaway. I would argue it is, but I respect the hell out of Daniel Jones for seeing what he did today. I even tweeted it out, and I think if you know, you can say whatever you want about Daniel Jones and the mistakes that he's made this year, and he's been inconsistent, but to see him not turn the ball over once, get his hit as much as he did, playing a game with two lower body injuries that affected his ability to move, getting completely planted on a bunch of plays, still threw for 250 yards. I think that he is one tough dude. I I respect the heck out of him for seeing how he was able to perform despite being attacked. I think there's some quarterbacks we've seen in the NFL that have completely folded and fell apart when they've dealt with stuff like that. But I I saw a guy that was relentless. He was a, a, a quarterback who has the approach of, you know what, if they're going to keep hitting me, I'm still going to stay in there and I'm going to take the hits. I'm not going to be easily taken out of this game mentally because they're coming after me. And he still made some good throws, you know, despite the physical limitations that he was dealing with. Like we could sit here like we did two weeks ago and say, Daniel Jones probably shouldn't have played or they should have taken him out at some point. But um, I don't want to do that again. I want to give him some credit. I think Daniel Jones deserves credit for dealing with all of the crap that was coming at him this game. Yeah, you know, he had to, there were drops by the receivers. You know, even when he found them, they were, they're kind of letting him down a bit. Uh, his toughness has never been a question, even going back to college. And he did struggle a bit on the, on the deep passes. I don't think he completed anything over 20 yards. Uh, you know, his, he was a little, things were a little rough on the passes outside of the numbers, you know, over to the sidelines, but he still hung in there. And, you know, that that's kind of faint praise considering the way everything went down, but it's still something we have to recognize. You know, he, after he got sacked three plays in a row and was basically taking a pummeling from that, from all those zero blitzes, the Ravens were sending at him. He could have basically said, yeah, I can't go back in there. I'm hurt, which he has to be at this point. You know, we saw his, we saw him not move around the pocket basically at all by the end of the game. And I would not be surprised at all for him to be limited in practice this week. But, you know, credit where it's due. He did tough it out and stay in the game. Now, we don't know if that is the 
technically correct decision, but that fortitude still has to be respected. And it makes me understand why Joe Judge, especially this week, spoke so highly of him, and you understand why the Giants as a team respect the hell out of him. And I think that a lot of people from the outside, and heck, we've even criticized him a ton. It's easy for us to criticize him on the outside and not understand why his teammates love being around him and respect him, and that maybe he is not there talent-wise yet, and he still needs some time to develop, as most quarterbacks typically do. And as we, we kind of expected early on in his career that it was going to take some time, it makes sense that at the very least why people respect him so much as the starting quarterback uh, for this Giants team. We're going to spend some time. We're going to watch the film as we typically do. And then on Tuesday, we will get back to you with our full evaluation, filling you in on some of the various aspects that we noticed from the second time round of watching this game. So stay tuned for that, folks. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review. We would very much appreciate it if you gave us a five-star review and gave us, uh, you know, write us a little bit of a some feedback if you do enjoy the show, what you like about it. Additionally, uh, go follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at RaptorMKII, and at BigBlueView on Twitter and Instagram. And head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. We'll talk to you on Tuesday, folks.